Welcome to the Ortho Joe Show, a joint production of the Journal of Bone and Joint Surgery and Ortho Evidence. In our world, orthopedic research is king, and current topics from our respective publications are analyzed weekly. Here is Mohit Bandari from Ortho Evidence and Mark Swinkowski from the Journal of Bone and Joint Surgery. Well, good morning uh, to the listeners of Ortho Joe and uh, Mo. Uh, good morning to you. I think this is the first uh, taping we've done uh, in 2022. So I, I have yeah. my cup. Yep. And Bob, yeah, uh, as our guest, you, uh, well, as the editor uh, of the new feature of David Jess, you're going to be getting this fantastic Ortho Joe <laughs> mug in the mail, uh, which you can Love display it. with pride as you round and in between patients and in the clinic and uh, your staff will be jealous with the red and white and black theme uh, that has been so expertly designed by our JVJS colleagues. So uh, welcome our guest, uh, Bob Skank from the University of New Mexico, the professor and chair. Uh, condolences for that responsibility. Uh, Mo is the chair of surgery at McMaster and I am the chair emeritus of orthopedic surgery at the University of Minnesota. I got out on an early release program for uh, fulfilling all my behavioral uh, metrics. Um, and I trust that someday you too will be a free man from, from the ball and chain of that job. But uh, we're here to talk about the latest uh, feature uh, in JBJS, which uh, just came out in print version a couple of days ago. And that's a section of the what's important uh, area that is called arts and humanities. And uh, Bob is the uh, editor of the Arts and Humanities uh, section, and maybe maybe a good way to, and I know this is a huge area for, for, for Mo, uh, and as, of course, Mo is the first contributor uh, to this, but Bob, maybe we can start out with how did you become interested in, in, the, in the Arts and Humanities? I know you've got a story that, that, uh, that links to Hopkins, et cetera, so maybe just tell our audience uh, how you got into this sort of thing. No, no, thank you. And it's such a, a pleasure to be here this morning. Um, and as you said, being chair in this ball and chain, it's been 16 years. I thought it was, I thought residency was tough, but uh, chair position, that's a new level. But it's been fun. It's actually been a good time. Uh, it, it, but arts and humanities is, it's very interesting. I was raised in a family of, my father was a businessman and my mother was a college professor in music and drama. And so I was exposed to the arts from a young age, uh, going to shows and somewhat being a critique of someone's singing voice, uh, listening to my mother. When I, when I got uh, into my high school years, uh, I was, like most of us, very science-oriented uh, and uh, loved science. And as you all know, when you're a pre-med student, it gets to be a little bit grinding because you want to be a physician, not at all costs, but you want to be a physician. And uh, I was at University of Colorado in the state I grew up in my sophomore year. And I noticed a, you know, sort of a nice opportunity to get out of the pre-med track. And it was uh, called a human biology program at Johns Hopkins in 1979. I applied uh, to it and got accepted. And they must have mixed up my application with someone else. But nonetheless, I got into Hopkins and 
they didn't want us taking any more science on our undergraduate days on our path for like a two five MD program. And you got a bachelor of arts. So I immersed myself in arts uh, during those two years of finishing up my undergraduate degree at Hopkins, all the while getting my MD uh, three years after that and uh, got, had a nice interest uh, in art, especially drawing uh, and, uh, and writing. And like all of us, uh, you go to med school, you do some art. And uh, I was very fortunate to go to the Maryland Institute of Art and take um, a class there and had, had a great interest in it. But then I was swept into orthopedics, which is one of the most lovely fields in the world. Uh, you have so much energy and interest, and it's a, such a phenomenal specialty. And by the time I was uh, an assistant professor, I, I wanted to publish in more areas. And uh, I'd had this background, and I came across this, this author. Uh, he's a very simple writer. He writes he, mostly autobiographical stuff at uh, turn of the century. His name was Ralph Moody. And Ralph Moody wrote stories um, starting when he was 50 years old. And come to find out, when he, when he turned 50, he had made a pact with himself. And this was in 1945 when he turned 50. He was going to have saved $50,000 be able to retire and start writing. And so when I was a, a, a junior attending in San Antonio, I worked for Jim Heckman and Charlie Rockwood from 1990 to 2000 uh, at the University of Texas. I made that pact with myself that when I turned 50, I'd hopefully have more than $50,000, but that I would start writing. And sure enough, that happened when I was in New Mexico. Uh, and I started uh, writing, and I was very fortunate. University of New Mexico had an arts publication that I submitted uh, several of my short stories and prose to. And and for the audience, when you're starting out writing, it's really fascinating and probably the best avenue to write some biographical story that's interesting to you. And that's interesting to other readers. Uh, I also sent many of my stories to, a, it sounds like Christmas Story with Ralphie's dad, uh, you know, it, it, writing, writing a story for a prize, a major prize. But there was a Southwest Writers Organization that had annual, annual banquet and dinner here in Albuquerque. And I submitted all of my short stories there that I thought were of quality and four or five of them won. And then they were simultaneously submitted to be published in the University of New Mexico Medical Muse. I, I, the editor, now emeritus editor, and I've taken over for him, yeah. um, uh, loved my writing. And so you just continue to publish. And, you know, when you look at, uh, and for this for the audience, when you look at um, Moe's piece of art, when you look at his self-portrait, you can instantly tell that is 
a very quality piece of art. And, and so those artists out there that are orthopedic surgeons, it, it's really important that you can express yourself. Writing is a little more difficult because you have to have someone else critique it, look at your poetry and prose, but it's really a good place to start. And I think there's many benefits. St studies have shown it started in Yale at Yale University where uh, medical students and residents and even attendings have gone through traumatic times. If you write about them, it can create some self-healing. You can release some of the, let's so to speak, demons. And, and many, much of my writing was not about that. It was about a fun story in Colorado, picking a movie for a high school uh, show when I was a freshman. It's a funny story. It's called The Magic Christian. It has nothing to do with Christianity. It's just uh, a movie that I picked that turned out to be a little bit pornographic accidentally. I couldn't tell in the 1970s. And my principal, Wallace Parker, shut it down. He told me my career was over. And the rest of the student body, which was only 260 people in Carbondale, was like, Little Skank, that's the best movie anyone's ever picked. So, but but nowadays, and, I, and, and in the medical muse, and we recently just had one submission for JBJS Arts and Humanities that is a self-healing piece. Yeah. And, and I really hope that everyone understands our shared vision. This is for arts and humanities. This is prose, poetry fiction, nonfiction, photographs, um, paintings, art that mean something to an orthopedic surgeon that before Dr. Swinkowski's, before Mark's, you know, vision, there was a hard place to get an avenue of publishing this. We have it at Medical Muse and we've, we've even had issues at Medical Muse in New Mexico where we've asked, you know, um, physicians and medical students and nurses from around the country to sub submit, but mostly for ours, it's the you know the the New Mexico medical community. But yeah. this is a great avenue for people to to publish, you know, areas and and, and quite frankly, there's a lot of uh, talent and ability in physicians uh, outside of just how we take care of our patients and so that's 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 yeah. that's, a, yeah. that's basically my story and I, I hope that resonates yeah well uh, thanks for that background bob it's uh, really uh, really uh, fun to hear your journey uh and i'm going to ask mo about his journey here in a second but just for the audience uh bob uh, sent me a, a couple of copies of medical muse i don't know two years ago and uh, we had a, a vision for expanding the what's important uh, line of, of contribution to the journal into this area. And it just fits so well. And, and that's what's uh, led to us uh, instituting this, this section of what's important. But yeah, so Mo, uh, you were the first contributor and uh, you, you have uh, written quite a bit in LinkedIn about your own personal journey along this area. And, it's it's interesting. I've I've read in a couple of your postings there about this 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 age fifty thing, 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 you've written that same similar number. Uh, yeah. I think 52 or whatever. Yeah, right. But right. Um, it, maybe you could just talk about uh, your journey and, and this whole bit about uh, how people who are off into the scientific world, deep into science and orthopedic surgery, maybe should not neglect uh, this important area any longer. Yeah, it's interesting. I see so many um, parallels in Bob's story uh, from my own. And I also see where we, uh, where I diverged in, in some ways. So the 50 is the magic number now, but for me, I hadn't planned on having, um, you know, an age 50 plan, uh, an epiphany per se. What happened for me was I was with our program director of all places, and we were uh, doing another short trip to India for a meeting. And we decided very impromptu uh, to just, that sounds, you know, sounds crazy, but you know, we had, we had days, let's go right over to Darjeeling and, and just do a hike and let's just, do something for a day, like, you know, we have a day. So we went there, fast forward, it's now January, 2018, I'm turning 50, or both the page is turning in March for me in 2018, turning 50, and I'm staring out into the Himalayas at Mount Ketchenjunga, around 10,000 feet, and I'm staring there, and you have those moments where you just stare quietly with someone, you're not talking, you're not communicating, you're just looking out. And I turn to him and I say, how have I lived 50 years of my life and I'm seeing this beauty for the first time? And that's like, we have it all wrong. And I didn't know what that meant by meaning we have it all wrong, but I knew there was something that had to change. And that day we went back and I said, I'm going to start doing stuff that I've always wanted to do. And I've just never made time for There's no better time like the present side of psychology. And I actually have the first sketch I did. And I actually contemplated whether I'd put that sketch into this contribution of, you know, a look in the mirror. Because for me, it was that day in January 17th where I got my sketchbook and I did my very first sketch. And then there's been several hundred after that, but that was the first one. And it wasn't by any means anything. If I look back at now and say, wow, that's a great first sketch. It was more just, wow, look at me. I'm taking time to get back into it again. That led to me doing a ton of reading around this issue of, you know, I can't be alone in this, um, you know, <clears throat> I can't be. And, you know, when, when you look at the literature, uh, specifically in the area that I've been, been interested in, in research areas, at the highest level, Nobel laureates have, you know, there's been publications about Nobel laureates being many times more likely to be musicians, many times more likely to enjoy the arts and literature, many times more likely to enjoy writing and poetry, and it goes on and on and on. And when you start looking for it, you see it everywhere, um, Mark. And I think for me, um, what rings truly with Bob's uh, no, storyline is some of us know right from birth that all children are born as artists, creatives, and somehow life has a way of deferring our inner child, our inner creative spirit. And the more we can educate, encourage, and focus at all levels and provide outlets like the JBJS in this case for people to express that, the more I think we normalize that having additional interests outside of your core isn't a distraction. It actually makes you better at your job. That's kind of how I've been, uh, you know, uh, focusing on it. And there's any number of ways we can take this conversation, but that's the gist of it. Yeah, I think this is a really, uh, I, I, I sense that the, the message that you're sharing there uh, in, you know, reading in other areas of, of postings on social media, et cetera, that this is, I, I don't know that it's big enough to call it a movement yet within orthopedic surgery, but, and hopefully this 
project that Bob's leading and what's important will contribute to that. But to, to, uh, to a message to our profession to, to, to join arms and, and really do think about a more balanced life than, than just uh, grinding out uh, research or patient care or, or administrative hassles in the case of a department, the leaguer department chair, uh, and uh, to, to keep balance in one's life. And, and I'm hopeful, very hopeful that the what's important uh, line will contribute to this. Well, if I could, if I could ask you a, a question, Bob, on, on a question that I get asked all the time is, well, you know, you wouldn't have the luxury mo of being able yeah. to paint in the afternoon and yeah. uh, do all the things you like to do if you hadn't just spent the 120 hours per week ignoring everything to get to the point where you can do it. And, and the argument, I tell them, I say, I say this with a great deal of regret that I wish I had spent much more time balanced in all those because who knows how much further I could have gone. They have a hard time believing that, Bob. And I wonder from your own experience, if you could share, you know, um, at least some sort of statement to help that individual who says, well, you know, Dr. Skank got there because he spent so much time ignoring some of those things. Now he can have, you know, at, at age 50, you can go back and change it. No, that's a great question. You know, I think um, we all look back on this driven career, and then those of us on chatting are a little bit of an old school, very focused academic, published 10 papers a year group. And quite a frankly, a hundred in most cases, Bob. Go ahead. I know, a hundred in most, 10 in <laughs> mine. And um, <laughs> <laughs> but, well, your, your point is well taken. It doesn't balance um, being a, giving you an opportunity to, to do your art or to, to some interesting craft work or some release actually spills over into the rest of your world. Because my career was so... I, I, all I could do was raise children and be an orthopedic surgeon. And I still, I think, missed a couple of things with my kids um, that, I, for instance, I couldn't get someone to take call for me here in New Mexico. And my son was um, in a semifinal football game in the state, way played way south. And I couldn't make it to that. And that was, um, that was probably oh, 16 years ago, uh, something like that. And so balance in your life, and I think the young orthopedic surgeon, we certainly teach them better than I was taught um, or, met, or, or modeled. The young orthopedic surgeon knows that balance is critical. So you're, you're absolutely right. You need to focus on balance because it, it helps in so many other areas of your life, not just being able to create art. And I, I think when you tell the young orthopedic surgeon, you know, you, you need to have balance in your life. Well, when you take a few minutes and just, you know, to stop and smell the roses, let's use that, that phrase. You, you, you're going to have an opportunity to do things, including art, but that just make you a better person. 
and certainly not create any regret for things that you may not have done that really in all reality you should be able to do. So your, your question is excellent. I, I think I think balanced is just a healthy lifestyle that you can still publish if you want to, 100 papers a year. But it's a new message for us to tell orthopedic surgeons that it's, it's okay to take time off. It's important to take time off to create a healthy lifestyle. And then there'll be this added benefit that you'll be traveling, your mind will release, and you'll think of an interesting poem or take a photograph or in, in, with your skill, Mo, do a sketch that can mean a lot to other people. And so I always had the desire to create art when I was working, you know, the many, many hours. I always had that inner desire. Uh, and I just really didn't have the time, especially when my kids were young. But um, it, it's, it's been a really good transition for me because as a department chair and as the sort of the, you have to be somewhat of a sensei for the department. I, I That story about missing my kid's football game, and I, my oldest son, he's an attorney in Denver, he's a prosecutor. Uh, he's like, mom was at the game. It's totally, like, like he's totally free. I've already talked to him about it. But it's one of those things that I tell my residents that story. Don't, you know, you make sure you have balance because there's so many other benefits to this uh, approach with life balance, not just art, but just a, just a healthy, a healthy uh, lifestyle. You know, if I could just add to that, Mark, um, and I'm sure this would resonate um, with both of you, both you and Bob, but the idea of doing more work makes you better at your work was my realization in 2018 that doing more of anything, writing another hundred papers wasn't going to make my next paper the big idea. And it got back to how do you get creative and how do you get ideas? Bob has alluded to the fact in many ways that when you take a break and he writes, whether it's poetry or prose or short stories, it is such a creative outlet that it allows you to percolate. And for me to sketch is like mindfulness. So you're just basically letting thoughts of your day, of your week percolate to hopefully the good stuff comes out. And I have genuinely found that taking more productive, productive time away to do some of the things I love has led to better ideas. And for those in the, I'd say the younger generation now, ideas are the currency of the century. And so if you can't generate ideas, you're going to have a very, very hard time being able to find, you know, growth uh, in your life because things are moving so rapidly. So it's one thing to work, but it's another thing to work smartly and have good ideas. And I do think the humanities is a critical part of that. And if we could almost make it mandatory in orthopedic training, um, I would even go as far as say that we should be having mandates to make sure um, that we are not letting the creativity be squeezed out of every, quote, childhood artist and creator there is as they come into more and more education. Yeah, so life balance for better ideas and also for better relationships. I, I know you've written quite a bit about that uh, in recent postings as well. So, well, this is all uh, uh, very good stuff. So, Bob, we've uh, let, let's just uh, for 
kind of in closing for the audience. So we're looking for poetry, prose, sketches, art, photography. How about a picture of somebody's uh, woodworking project uh, with a story behind it? How about a, a soundtrack of a song that they've written or recorded? Uh, how far do you think we're, what's the breadth of what we're looking for here? Oh, I think it's um, the orthopedic surgeon's creativity in reality. And um, you brought it up just then. It's, it's that which we would look at as, a, as a, a piece of artwork, something that will help humanity. I, I think the only thing that we would caution is in, at the Medical Muse at University of New Mexico, um, we, we try to avoid really politicized statements. Uh, we had, and let me just give an example. We had some criticisms of the hospital and what they did in certain areas. And we tried to work with the author, author to edit it. But we, we had, we have to show some discretion in terms of political viewpoints. I, I think just for the safety of our readership. But other than that, please send us what you're, you're doing and what's interest because you know, uh, there, Ken DeHaven recently passed away, and I never trained with the sweetest orthopedic surgeon of all time, but for some reason, he and I hit it off, and we would bump into each other at the AOS or the AOSSM, because my colleague, Dan Washer, trained with him. But Ken and I became some colleagues, very senior to me, but I loved listening to him. And in his, I, I, when he retired, he was like, I repair grandfather clocks. And, you know, I, I do some, I do, I, I do similar type of woodworking. But I, I was thinking about this. If Ken DeHaven sent me a picture of a before and after grandfather clock that he had refurbished, I would love to publish that in JBGS Arts and Humanities. So it's a lot of what you think is art. Um, many people will think it is as well once they take a look at how you define it and enjoy it. And um, so I, I, I was excited about this uh, yesterday. And I must say one last little story. I, 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 I do a lot of work on multi-lig knee surgery and I've published a lot. And like Mo said, at some point in time, at this stage of your career, if you're publishing, it should be mostly for mentoring young people. That's the net. It's either the brilliant idea, Mo, or it is let's mentor a young person and let them get their, their name on the paper, but show them how to process it and let them contribute so they deserve to be on the paper. I think that's what publishing is for. But in this, in, in this day and age, um, we really want to support our young and or old, older orthopedic surgeons that, like Mo said, we expect you to have a soft side because everybody has to, in business, you say hard skills, which is like bookkeeping, Excel spreadsheets, but you also say soft skills, which in our world is bedside manner. Um, and in business, it's, you know, how you work with uh, the customer 
Well, we want the orthopedic surgeon, we want you to have those hard skills, how to nail a femur, how to treat things properly, how to look at alignment, you know, how to, how to treat uh, patients within the most proper standard of care. But these soft skills of being more human being really can be helped by arts and humanities. And uh, so whatever you're of interest, we'd like to take a look at it. And if we say, you know, it doesn't work this time, that doesn't mean submit it. Don't so please submit what you have. We want to see, we want to see the art because we want to, we want to show off to the world because JPJS has always been the publication thought leader. We want to show off to the world what, you know, orthopedic surgeons can create other than correcting a Cobb angle. Great, great way to end. And I, I saw, I'm so grateful you uh, mentioned Ken DeHaven. I actually own four clocks at Kinney repaired for me and what a great man and, and a great example uh, of the of a life well led and so this is really important stuff uh, balancing one's life and spending time uh, in reflection and and uh, paying attention to family and, and life's balance uh, so we hope that uh, the audience will get that message and then we'll share the message and most importantly that you'll send us your creative stuff uh, to uh, what's important arts and humanities and and we look forward to a, an expanding program, maybe to the point where at some point we can have a separate publication uh, a couple of times a year. But thanks so much, Bob, for taking on this job and for spending the time this morning. And Mo, thanks for that wonderful first contribution and all of the uh, leadership that you are uh, providing for our community uh, in this area. So have a, have a good day, gentlemen. And Bob, your Ortho Joe Cup will be in the mail soon. And I, I love it. <laughs> thank you thank you it's a real pleasure being with you both and mo thank you for your lovely comments and your great contribution and uh wish you all a great great tuesday <laughs> until thanks next time much. yeah until next time everyone. thanks so much all right bye-bye